Welcome to this week's episode of the Let's Talk Tenkara podcast, and thank you for joining. I'm Brendan Harden. This episode is going to be a little bit different than episodes we've done previously. Um, the first thing that's going to be a little bit different, for those of you tuning in on YouTube, is there is video accompanying this episode. It is just an audio episode. The other thing that's different is this might be a little bit shorter of an episode. The reason being, today we are going to talk about the history of Tenkara fly fishing. <clears throat> its origins in Japan, and when it came to the U.S. Now, Tenkara, when you look into it, there's a lot of different information on when Tenkara was created. Um, you can look into some sources that will tell you it's prehistoric, meaning that it started before there was writ written histories. Uh, other sources state that it's around 2,000 years old. And some of the more recent statements say that it was created as recent as 200 years ago. Myself, I believe that we're probably closer to 2,000 or more as far as how long it's been around. Now, Tenkara, when it was created, was a fixed-line method of fishing, just like it is today, on a bamboo cane pole. Now, those cane poles were very flexible, much like Tenkara rods today, and modern cane rods as well. But for any of you that have used a cane rod versus a modern Tenkara rod, they are very stiff in comparison to a modern Tenkara rod. Now, when these rods were originally being used, the setup looked something like you had your bamboo cane pole, a horsehair line, and then they would use various baits or flies. Now, the flies, very similar to Kabari today, were just a simple thread body fly with a feather. They did, however, contrary to some people's belief from what I've been able to find, used a Keiru-style approach at the beginning, and that's where they were using bugs and, you know, crickets, grasshoppers, flies, mosquitoes, whatever they could find that they could get, up, get their hook on, really, or get on their hook. And... <clears throat> They would use these as ways to catch fish, obviously. Now, as we look into Tenkara, why was this a method that was used? Well, Tenkara fly fishing was created by commercial fishermen in Japan who were fishing on these high mountain streams, and they were looking for a fast and efficient way to catch fish without hauling in hundreds 
well, maybe not hundreds, but without hauling in a ton of extra gear. They didn't want to have to pack, pack around all this extra weight. That way, when they went to leave with their catch, they were able to carry more out. Now, for those of you that Pinkara fish, it doesn't get much quicker than having your rod collapse down fully. And remember, we're talking about a bamboo rod that broke down into maybe four pieces at this point. Generally, one piece rod would be more common, and a one piece rod was probably pretty common as well. But when you look into it, with these collapsible rods that we have today, an experienced angler, when he gets to the water, can be fishing in less than a minute, having their rod completely set up. You can't get much faster. Even hauling around a net that weighs a lot more, you're going to get into these areas, a casting net, right? You're going to get into this area, you're going to unwrap your net, make sure that everything's untangled. You're going to throw it out into this hole on this little stream once, and now we're going to pack up that net. We're going to walk to the next spot, and we're going to do it all over again. We're talking five, ten minutes of just getting your net ready. Then once you get fish in, you know, getting the fish into your basket. Packing that net back up, you know, another five minutes to make sure that it's done right, to make sure that you can efficiently and waste as little time as possible as you're getting to the next hole getting ready to fish. Versus, like I said, an experienced Tenkara angler can be fishing in less than a minute with a rod that's set up ready to Now, it doesn't get much more quick. It doesn't get faster than that. And for those of you that have been doing this for a while, it doesn't get much more efficient. Now, the other upside is... If I'm going into these small streams with a net, I'm going to blow out a small stream and make it unfishable pretty quick. You're only going to get one throw in a hole. You're going to pull out however many fish you do. But then that, that stream has pretty much given you all it's got for that section. Like, if with the way com commercial fishing works, you're talking that in the matter of a few years, if it takes that long, a stream would be rendered completely empty of fish. Tankara is a much more efficient way to, to, yes, catch a lot of fish, but also keep a thriving population in that body of water. Now that's not to say that you can't overfish a stream with Tenkara, you definitely can. And in, from, in my research, I found that there are several streams in Japan that that's exactly what happened. You'll go to these bodies of water and there's just not fish there anymore because of that overfishing. But when it comes down to it, it's going to take a lot longer to overfish a stream with a Tenkara rod than you're going to yield fish for a lot longer. Now, as time progressed, technology progresses, obviously. 
we started getting bamboo rods that broke down into more pieces to where they're more compact. Like I said earlier, originally you probably started with a one-piece bamboo rod, and later we got to a two-piece, a three-piece, four-piece, five-piece, six-piece, until we got to these rods that break down into, you know, ten pieces to where you're carrying around a 12-foot rod that's broke down into 12 pieces. Now, how do we make that more efficient? Because that, an experienced angler with a 12-piece rod, let me tell you, as an experienced fly fisherman, someone who fly fished western fly fishing for f over 15 years, it took me longer than five minutes to set up a four-piece rod. We're talking, you know, all these pieces that are being put together. Granted, unlike western fly fishing, we don't have to worry about eyelets being lined up, right? We don't have to line our line through the eyelets. We don't have to worry about the reel. There's a lot less to worry about, but it's still a lot longer process than if we just had what we have now. So how do we make it more efficient? We look at telescoping. There's actually evidence of telescoping bamboo tenkara rods. So as time progresses, we keep developing these rods. In the late 1900s, we switch over to carbon fiber. It's lighter, it's stronger. It's just an all-around better way to create these rods and be more efficient with them. So they just kept progressing to the point that we're at now. You know, modern Tenkara rods were using high-quality carbon fiber. They're the lightest they've ever been, the strongest they've ever been. But we've got companies that are pushing it even further. We want sensitive rods that are still strong. There are straight fiberglass rods on the market now. Dragon Tail Tenkara has done an incredible, really, feat with combining carbon fiber and fiberglass segments of rods to make these rods that are absolutely insane when it comes to sensitivity. I've done reviews on some of their rods. Some of them, like I say, like I said, I love their rods. Other rods, like the Foxfire, which was that first rod that had the fiberglass and carbon fiber com combination, that rod just wasn't my, that one was, wasn't for me. Then we can look at, more recently, the Talon Mini. That's a phenomenal rod, and it's it really highlights how that blend can bring something new and incredible to the game. So now the question is, we've talked a little bit about these more modern rod designs, but when did Tenkara come to the United States? We know that it started in Japan, but how did it get here? Well, and really we've got to go back a little bit further to even predate when it came to the United States. 
because as time progresses and technology progresses, obviously we have things like fly fishing. Western fly fishing makes its way around the world. People are starting to use those that style of rod more. It's got a reel, it's got more line, it's got all these great features. Concarf's a little bit more forgotten. Bass fishing becomes bigger. We get spinning rods, we get bait casters, we get free fall reels, we get all these different things. Tenkara's forgotten a little bit more. And really, in the 1900s in Japan, Tenkara wasn't a very widely known sport. Really until, I'd say the late 1970s is when it really started to pick up and game traction again. That's when you're going to see those changes coming over to carbon fiber and those things start to happen as people start to rediscover Tenkara they start to fall in love with the sport and it starts to grow and take off that brings us to more recent 2008 a gentleman by the name of Daniel Daniel excuse me I believe his last name I apologize if I mispronounce this is Gallardo Daniel in 2008 with his Japanese-American wife took a trip to Japan after having done some research online prior to his trip and learning about Tenkara while he was there he started looking around at ta uh, tackle shops and he ended up buying a rod he brings that rod back to the United States and it becomes clear to him that not only is this a simple way to fish but he discovers the same things that these commercial Japanese fishermen discovered it is extremely efficient and it works really well on mountain streams in the United States just like it does on mountain streams in Japan well April of 2009 Daniel launches the first American Tenkara Company, Tenkara USA. It is the first company outside of Japan to introduce Tenkara. And really, it's just been a steady growth since then. You look at just over the past, you know, what is that? 14 years Tenkara has just skyrocketed from something that was practically unheard of to you look online there are people all over the place talking about Tenkara on Facebook groups there's several different groups out there you look through Instagram there's hundreds of pages out there that are people fishing with Pankara rods. You scroll through YouTube, there's more and more people posting videos with their Tenkara rods, trying it out for the first time, trying new rods. It just keeps growing. Three years ago, I never ran into anyone with a Tenkara rod when I was out fishing. Last year, I ran into three different people. This year, I've ran into four different people. As you just keep getting further into it, you 
and it keeps growing, it's going to become more and more common. And I mean, in some of these Facebook groups, I, I see guys all the time posting about running into other guys on the water. There's a couple guys that it seems like every other week they're posting that they ran into someone else on the river while they're fishing with their Tenkara rod, someone else carrying their rod. Uh, my friend Peyton Skidmore in his most recent YouTube video that was posted this last Wednesday, he talks about how right after he and I went, I don't actually, I don't know if he mentions it in the video or not, but uh, he, he messaged me afterwards right after we had finished fishing. He went and fished just a little bit longer. And actually, now that I think back, he definitely did not mention it in, in the episode I, or in his uh, most recent video. I did watch your video, Peyton. You're not pulling one over on me. Um, but And I still don't like listening to myself talk, so I probably won't willingly watch another one of your videos if I'm in it. But um, he talks, he, he messaged me afterwards and said, hey, I ran into Lance, who was out on the middle Provo, or not middle Provo, up a no-name canyon that I'm not going to say because... That one's a don't tell them stream. Uh, Middle Provo is another one that Lance had recently asked about, though. Good section of river for anyone that's wondering. Um, as long as you're into combat fishing. But Lance, shout out to you. Uh, I had the pleasure of taking Lance out on a trip uh, a few weeks ago and had a phenomenal time. He really took to it, and it's been fun to watch him post as he's grown grown in Tenkara and really defined his or refined his skills with it but it's just incredible to see how much it's grown over the past 14 years and exciting to know to know that it's just going to keep growing what does the future hold for Tenkara who knows I see it as something that's going to continue to grow and pick up it's going to continue to gain traction and people are going to keep falling in love with it. Some people don't like Tenkara. We talk about all the time how we run into people that just for whatever reason Tenkara has a sour taste whenever they say, they say it. They just for whatever reason it's not for them and that's okay. I firmly believe that there is a right tool for the right situation. Uh, Ruben with Wasatch Tenkara will often say, you know, have the right tool for the right job. He talks about how he's still got bass rods. In fact, they uh, this last year they released a baitcaster rod, a competition-grade bass rod. You know, it's one of those things where you have the right tool for the right job. And for those of us that like these small mountain streams, the Tenkara rod is just the right tool for the job. You don't have to worry about all this extra line to handle. You don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to get my line caught in a tree 20 feet behind me? Still something you got to worry about, just not the one that's 20 feet around you. As you'll see if you check out uh, Skitty Fishing's most recent video, I caught a few trees while we were out. Something that happens. But it's one of those things where it's part of fishing. You get out there, you have a good time. As far as 
getting back into history of Tenkara, you know, and like I said, in 2009, we had Tenkara USA. A little while after that, we had Tenkara Rodco, Dragontail Tenkara, Wasatch Tenkara, TFO, and many others that I don't remember their names. Many others I've probably never heard of. Now, as far as rods go, what's the best choice? I mean, obviously these rods originated in Japan. And, you know, as, as much as we wish that we could say that all of these rods that are on the market today are from Japan, you know, that's not something we can do. There are a few companies that pride themselves in having a couple models that are Japanese-made rods. However, if you look into it, a lot of these companies that are in Japan selling rods, Japanese Tenkara rod companies, actually have their rods made in China. Most of the U.S. companies are the same way. Like I said, there are a few that pride themselves in having a couple rods that they are a Japanese rod. But a good chunk of these rods are made in China. But really, it comes down to what works for you. I mentioned earlier that these, the first rods, they were a bamboo cane pole. If you want to use a bamboo cane pole, fantastic. Go to Walmart. They sell them for like 12 bucks. Have a great time with one. I actually have a video coming up for an episode review, my next review video will have a review on a cane pole. Uh, I'm curious how it compares. You know, that's the way you want to go? Fantastic. Get a rod. If you want to go the traditional Japanese route and fish a horsehair line, fantastic. Do what you're going to do. No, there's, there's not a right or wrong way to do it. Rods these days, like I said, they're lighter weight and they're, for the most part, a lot stronger. When you get into your line selection, like I said, you could go horsehair. You could go with a furled line. You can go level line. There's so many different options. With level lines, you have anything from about a one and a half level line. In fact, there might even be a size one that you could find out there. But I've seen size six level line as well. Depends on the rod and depends on the situation. Most of the time, I'm going to fish a three and a half or a four level line. I like the four because it's got a little bit more weight to it and performs well in a windy situation. Now, if I'm in a very windy situation or I'm fishing a rod like the Phoenix Rising, I'm going to use a size 6. It's all going to be personal preference, though. I know some other people that when they fish those longer rods, they like to use a furled line. You can really set up your rod however you want, and that's one of the things that's beautiful about Tenkara is there's, there's no one right way to do it. It's unique to every single person. I'm kind of rambling here, and I apologize. <clears throat> but when it comes to 
the history of Tenkara, we just don't have a lot of information, like I said. Whether that means that it's prehistoric, like some sources say, and it started long before a written history was ever possible. Or it's just something that the histories were lost, or maybe something that people felt ir irrelevant when they were writing the histories. Ankara is not new. It has a long history. And it has equivalents of Tenkara around the world. Tenkara is not dapping. You're not just dapping your fly on the top of the water. While that is one technique you can use, there's a very large range that you can use of different casting techniques. A common misbelief is Tenkara is for small fish. As we talked with Aaron Kerr in a previous episode, he took a Tenkara rod to Alaska and caught salmon on it. There's this gentleman in Pennsylvania that caught a 40-inch tiger muskie. Or not tiger muskie, but tiger muskie is one that I'm hoping for this year. We'll find out. It's about having the right tool for the right job. Obviously, I'm not going to take a 5.5 rod out and target muskie or drum. But there is a rod that it, there are rods out there that are equipped to handle things like that. If you're looking for a simple way to get into fishing that you can learn the basics of very quickly but can spend a lifetime mastering give Tenkara a shot some similarities you'll see with western fly fishing you can get into nymphing a lot of Euro nymphers you'll actually see them working their way over to Tenkara rods and part of that is just because they're using a rod with a long leader and they're tightlining it just like you do with Tenkara rods. You know, you're looking at fly patterns that you're going to try to put in the right drift just like you are with a Western rod. The difference between the Western rod and Tenkara, you're going to fish a lot more water with a with a a uh, Tenkara rod than you are a Western rod. And part of, and the biggest reason behind that, I've said it before, you can't reach as far. If I want to fish a hole that's 50 feet away from me, I'm going to fish my entire way to that hole. When I Western fly fish, if I wanted to fish a hole that was 50 feet away from me, I casted to the hole that was 50 feet away from me. And as soon as it was out of that hole, I casted it back into that hole that was 50 feet away from me. Tenkara has so much potential that is overlooked in the fishing world. And for those of us, like I said earlier, that are looking for a tool that's efficient in these small streams and a proven method to be able to have that efficiency in these small streams. Look no further than Tenkara. Thank you for tuning in to this. I apologize 
that I was rambling quite a bit here. But Tenkara, it's a beautiful sport that while we know quite a bit about it, at the same time, we know very little about it. If you do have any questions, maybe there's something I didn't cover on this episode that you want to learn more about, or something that you'd like to share with me as far as information I didn't cover, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Let's Talk Tenkara, or shoot me an email at Let's Talk Tenkara at gmail.com. If you or someone you know would be a good fit for the show, please reach out. I look forward to hearing from you all. We do have some episodes with some guests that I'm pretty excited about in the works. But I look forward to having other people reach out as well. So we can line up a time and try to hit all 50 states for that 50 states of Tenkara uh, series that we've got going. With that being said, thank you again for tuning in and tune in next time. This has been the Let's Talk Tenkara Podcasts, hosted by Brendan Harden. You can reach us on Instagram at Let's Talk Tenkara. You can also shoot us an email at Let's Talk Tenkara at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out with any suggestions for future episodes. Or if you or someone you know would like to be featured on the show or you think they'd be a good fit, shoot us a message and we'll be happy to talk to you. Thank you for tuning in and tune in next time And Let's Talk Tenkara, a Salt Lake Tenkara production.